podcast is brought to you by the Specialty Produce Network. Thank you for choosing the Dine Local ST podcast. Visit DineLocalST.com for the latest in restaurant offerings. Here's your host, Nick Shenton. All right, everybody. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Dine Local San Diego podcast. I'm your host, Nick Shinton, and we have such an exciting show for you today. One of my absolute favorite chefs of all time, Amy DiBiase from the Intercontinental Hotel. She is the chef of the Vistal Restaurant inside of there, uh, one of San Diego's most legendary chefs. Super excited to have her in today. Uh, but first, like we always do, we're going to do a little farmer's market report. We got Joe and Joe with us today. Joe Herman, what is going on? Hey, Nick. What's going on? Uh, well, the rain calmed down a little bit, so we're looking good. We had uh, trouble with some farmers last week making it to the market and, and picking. but Yeah, so when it rains, it's really hard to harvest, right? Right, hard to harvest the citrus. They don't want to get up on the ladders and the trees and that kind of stuff. Yeah, and I would imagine you know, with the leafy greens and stuff, the fields can get kind of muddy and, and right. damaged mm-hmm. and stuff like that. It's just so. better to let it be and come back to it next week. But other than that, everything's great. The tomatoes are uh, getting better as the days get warmer. Mm-hmm. So we, we tried those out. They were great. Um, what, what tomatoes do we have in right now? Right now, we just have some mixed cherry tomatoes locally here from mm-hmm. uh, Dossi. I saw Farms. some Sungolds this weekend, though. Yeah, those were from Wong Farms. Uh-huh. So we just got a few. Uh, they didn't have a big production, again, because of the rain. So uh, kind of limited. Yeah. And the rain will make them spotty and give them blemishes, and they're not like beautiful as they should be what was the sugar like in them sugar was good yeah they're get yeah you can a noticeable difference from the first week cool so hopefully they should have a better production this week and we can get a lot more in so some of the there. delicious small cherry tomatoes coming in exciting yeah well, what else is going on uh, the, uh citrus is still good uh a lot of these uh local more local farms valley center Polito mm-hmm. has uh, some delicious stuff coming in their blood oranges their tom's terrific tangerines I had um, one of those. Those were, those were great. Yes. Interesting. Uh, they're named Tom's Terrific because Bob's son is named Tom. And when he ate it for the first time, he said, wow, these are terrific. <laughs> so that's how great they got story. their name. Other than that, also, uh, we have some, a lot of passion fruit starting to come back in now. Uh, you know, runs starts now and then kind of heads into summer. And those things, when you brought them in, I couldn't help but notice the fragrance on them. It, it was just mind-blowing how sweet and just amazing the aroma coming off of them yeah those are from a new farm that's called hong sky where's that at that's up in bonsal mm-hmm. right off the 78 or 78 78 yeah so uh yeah this, this lady judy hong and she has some great passion fruit yeah you know you know i had one today super tart just oh man Tropical, that stuff is yeah. so good yeah Tropical. and and so when you're selecting the passion fruits the ones that are more wrinkly are actually the sweeter ones Correct. Yeah, those are the more mature age ones. The sugars have developed as they as they go on. And is that something that they, do they tend to wrinkle after harvesting, or do you wait till like they start to wrinkle and then harvest? Uh, after harvesting. Okay, yeah, so it's kind of like a an aging thing with it a little bit. So the sugars kind of develop on the inside yeah. of it, and yeah, and these ones, I mean, they're not even completely wrinkled, so and they're good. still really good. So I, yeah, they're so good, even um. You know, not a restaurant, but uh, the Home Brewer, which is off of El Cajon Boulevard in North Park. Uh, it, wait, wait, what's the Home Brewer? It's a brew store okay. for beer brewers, kombucha brewers, cider, wine, the mm-hmm. whole nine yards. For so like have, your actual home brewers, yeah. this is where they would get their stuff at. Right. It's a big supply store. They have all the ingredients, different yeasts, grains, hops, all that. And they also brew themselves. Mm-hmm. And they make some really quality stuff. And 
They are making a Imperial Berliner Weiss, which is like a cloudy sour beer, malty. It's from northern Germany. And they're going to add passion fruit to so it. So the passion fruit's going to be that sour element in it. Yeah. Correct. And you're somewhat of a home brewer yourself, aren't you, Joe? Correct. <laughs> no, that's cool. Yeah. Yes. I enjoy it very much. <laughs> awesome. Well, Joe, thanks for sharing that with us today. That sounds great. Come in and check out some passion fruit. And don't forget about the end of citrus season. So get those why they're local and delicious. Uh, with us today is Joe Buckshness again. Uh, Joe, you've been out yes. selling that. Farm fresh produce out on the routes. What are the chefs buying? What are they talking about? Um, so, you know, it's right on the cusp of spring, mm-hmm. you know, but we still have a lot of great products. And today we're talking about Biga. They're on 6th and Broadway. Okay, um, yeah, right downtown. Yeah, it's beautiful, nice, open concept. Um, open kitchen, two large pizza ovens. They have a charcuterie cutting station, mm-hmm. which is really awesome. You know, wine, coffee, you can kind of sit down and relax. Um, and what I want to talk today about is – you know, picking peak items and preserving them or pickling them and then highlighting them later on in the year paired with, you know, something that's seasonal and right now ready to go. So they have a pickled sweet pear salad, shaved onion, Oro Blanco grapefruit segments, uh, a nut brittle and a stracchino cheese, right, Joe? Stracchino. 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 Um, a yogurt dressing and a farmer's market leek ash. Whoa. Um, yeah, I mean, just with that alone makes me want to go sit down and have a nice glass of wine and enjoy this salad kind of the best of both worlds yeah you know yeah the sweetness of the pears pickled pears yeah right yeah and then with citrus yeah uh, that's awesome In- interesting with that yeah, totally farmer's market leek ash on there as well Awesome. And that, so tell me a little bit about their menu. Is that like mostly sandwiches kind of in there? It's, you know, they have a lunch menu, they have a dinner menu, they have salads, pizzas, you know, really kind of light, kind of tapas style. You can just go get a couple slivers of prosciutto, nice glass of wine. Um, it's a really diverse space. You know, it can be very casual. It's Italian influence. Correct. Italian, most definitely. Um, And it's, like I said, um, before it's open, you can see them prepping everything. The vegetables are there, the jars of pickled veg, or, you you know, it's, it's, it's a really nice space to enjoy. That sounds great. Guys, got to go check out Bigga down on six and Broadway. Uh, Joe, you had one more thing, didn't you? Oh, it was about Bigga. Um, Biga is actually a term from yeah. bread breaking, right? Yes, correct. Okay, yes, it's like exactly. the starter, the mother. Yeah, that's yeah, an not really. the mother. Old, the, old, old world term. Yes. Old world term, yeah. I like, had no idea. So that's right. So did, are they doing their own breads there? Yes, they yeah. do. Yeah, they do. Ah. And it's, they, they, it's, it's pronounced Biga. 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 Yeah, it's like a your pre-ferment, yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Well, I'll learn something every day. Yeah. Most definitely. All right, guys. Thank you so much. Uh, stay tuned, guys. We're going to have, in just a second, one of my absolute favorite chefs, Amy DiBiase. Stay tuned. All right, everybody. Welcome back. It's time for the main ingredient. And today we are so lucky to have Chef Amy DiBiase of Vistal, in restaurant inside the ho- the hotel or the Intercontinental Hotel, and that is a brand new space down uh, near the what's it Broadway? And They're calling it Brick. Brick Broadway and Pacific. Broadway, Broadway and Pacific Brick, uh, and just uh, what an amazing, amazing property, uh, Chef Amy, uh, one of the the most respected chefs in San Diego, um, part of some original San Diego movements like Chef Confab, the Slow Chef or Slow Foods movement. Um, just Chef Amy, welcome. Thanks for having me. So. Uh, 
wanted to talk about your new restaurant, uh, where you're at, because it, you guys just opened within the last couple months, and it's in this section of town that I think is up and becoming one of the premier destinations in San Diego. It's so nice down there on the Broadway and Pacific, down there by the pier. Uh, tell me about the restaurant. Yeah, we're really fortunate with the location. Um, restaurant's located on the third floor mm-hmm. of the hotel overlooking the Broadway Pier, Midway. Carnia Snack Shack is like right below us right there. Um, and just outstanding views of San Diego Bay right there. So yeah. it's really Bayfront dining. Uh, you get the sunset into that room. Yeah, and we call you, it our sunset hour. Sunset hour. hour. And yeah. so you have a, a patio out there too? Yeah, we have a couple different patio terraces um, available at the restaurant, multiple private, semi-private dining rooms, plus a massive bar. The bar is beautiful. Great place to get a drink and enjoy what San Diego is known for. Awesome. So tell me about the concept a little bit. What kind of food are you serving at Vistal? So um, Paul McCabe and I were both on the project together. And when I came in, there was just, they had some ideas for concepts. So that it was very fortunate for me to be thrown the opportunity to come up with it. And I came up with, um, I presented mindfully curated uh, coastal cuisine mm-hmm. um, and just the thought process into everything that we're bringing in and the sourcing, as you know, all the things that we're trying to find up and down the West coast as part of the cuisine that we're putting together. Uh, and when see when that's what I liked about it, the concept. When you say coastal cuisine, you're actually trying to source everything hyper locally. And if it is actual, not something that's available locally here in San yeah, Diego, it, it doesn't make it on your, or within locally California, it doesn't make it onto your menu because that wouldn't be coastal cuisine. It's like, it's, I find it really cool that you're staying so true to the concept. Yeah. All the flour resourcing um, down to, I mean, the salt isn't from here, but I mean, well, like, you know, the salt, it's thing. from the yeah, Himalayas. You know, so, it- <laughs> you know, but we're choosing to use mine salt instead of sea salt because mm-hmm. of the Studies have come in of microplastics being found in sea salts. Oh wow! I didn't know that one. Yeah, that's why we why not we're using a local. So the whole hotel, banquets, restaurant, the shakers that are on the table, you're you're going to see pink salt. Oh, yeah. super cool! And and let's talk about a little bit. Dive into your menu a little bit. Is there any like sort of uh, labors of love that you kind of wanted to tell me about? Um. Well, there's things on there techniques I've learned over the years. Um. Like duck confit. I have to have duck confit on the menu. Mm-hmm. People are always bugging me for that. Um, all the pasta making, that's really something that yeah. I've gotten into over the years. And we're, I got a great machine that we're trying to utilize and get the different dyes for. And we have a whole station that you can see through the window. Super cool. So that's like kind of a visual presentation of yeah. the actual pasta being made in the, inside the, inside the uh, kitchen there. So. Yeah. Yeah. You can see us, you can see us kind of through the glass, you know, running around. And all that. But yeah, pasta is definitely something I'm into right now. So uh, I know before this position, you were in Hawaii for what, like a year or two? Or I was supposed to be there for three months, but it's it'll be a year in April that I left Hawaii. Wow. And I was there for a year on the project. And so that must be, you know, when I think about Hawaii, I... I think of different uh, ingredients, different cuisines, a melting pot of all these Asian and Polynesian and different things. What, was there anything that you were like turned on to or that like, you know, that you found new or inspirational? Oh, yeah. Um, breadfruit. Breadfruit. Huge crop out there that they're trying to become the, their mainstay of their potato. And there's so many different applications from the maturity of the fruit. Really? 
Oh, yeah. Like we're using the younger fruit. Um, we put uh, over their appetizers, poo-poos. Mm-hmm. Um, we did ulu fries, tossed in um, malt vinegar powder and salt and then malt mayo. And I'm not joking. Like we wiped out the island. We like, <laughs> wiped out all the local farms of all their ulu. And then there was a co-op. That so was, is ulu breadfruit? Yes. Okay. So that's the Hawaiian Sorry, word. Sorry, my, my local. No, no. I, I'm just yeah. completely ignorant. So I need to learn. <laughs> yeah, ulu. <laughs> um, and yeah, the way, there was a co-op there that's messing around with free, uh, quick freezing and stuff like that. And we wiped th- thousands and thousands of pounds so it must have been a hit. <laughs> oh yeah, like it's just like it was just like we were one of my sous chefs that was been on the island for 20 years took me to his father's farm and that's where I got introduced to it and I was like we should try frying this see what happens. You know, the New Englander in me New Englander in me like salt and vinegar, you know. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. One of my favorite things that you made, uh, just a little known psychodore, because you said New Englander, it just sparked this memory. You're a master of brandad. And I remember having your brandad like seven or eight years ago. Yeah. It was just like absolutely floored. Just a, you know, so just the, a testament to the, you know, how talented of a chef you are oh, you. that I can have something like eight or nine years ago and you just, rem- all you did was mention New Englander and it sparked this instant memory of, God, she is a New Englander and she made awesome Brendad. Yeah, the accent <laughs> only comes out in certain situations. <laughs> Me too. Um, so one of the things I wanted to talk about was you have been such a mentor to so many young chefs in San Diego. And I saw that kind of in action uh, um, the other day when I was actually talking to a couple of members of the farmer's market team. And they were telling they were telling me a story about how when the farmer's market team showed up, they started pulling out all these ingredients. And you kind of stood back a little bit and let some of your sous chefs get into the truck. And you were encouraging them just to buy whatever tastes good and whatever was Looking beautiful, and I thought that was really cool. Tell me about why you would, why well, you would do that. It's just I remember the chefs that I worked under giving me that leeway to create. Mm-hmm. I don't want to stifle that. I want them to figure out things on their own. That's how they're going to become better. Um, and guiding them in the right way once they pick the ingredient where they want to go with it, and it's just watching all that blossom. Like yeah, at title right, like they were. The sous chefs were in the truck, and I stood there and watched. I'm more of like, maybe not that much, you know, like financial sure, yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't think you need that much, but yeah, definitely get it. Well, you know, again, that's cool. Letting the ingredients speak to you. Find that's where in to me, you know, that's where inspiration should start. You know, you have an idea of things that you want to do, and you have these concepts, but when you actually put your hands on the ingredients, they are the actual ones that kind of tell you how to treat them and stuff like that. Yeah. And I thought it was just so cool how. You know, and then the, the part of the story that got back to me was one of your cooks was saying to you, well, what are we going to use this for? And you were like, uh, we'll figure it out. Look at it. It's awesome. Get yeah, it. let's just get it. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've always been – I remember some of my first experiences with specialty produce, now that you're bringing that up, um, when you guys were in the original location and Roger used to check me out when I was the chef at Laurel. And that's like back 2005, 2006. And he would bring – he would be like, hey, Amy, you got to check this out and all this stuff. And I've always gravitated to like give me whatever is new yeah. that no one's seen before and I'm going to figure it out. Ah, that's so and, cool. And I love that. I thrive on that. And, and then the creativity part, like if having that environment in the kitchen – it's. I tell people all the time. I love sitting in group environments and talking about menu writing. Mm-hmm. Being in a room by myself is probably one of the hardest times I ever have writing menus. I'd rather sit here and have a conversation. It's going to spark ideas. Yeah, yeah, totally. Because you know, I, 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 
just think that's such a cool way that you come up with stuff and then the way that you include everybody in. Cause the other thing I was going to mention was, you know, when you talk about getting people to execute and getting people to, you know, help execute your vision, if they don't feel some part of ownership in that, yeah. they don't, they, they're not going to execute it like you want it to. But if you, you know, have that nurturing aspect of your mentorship yeah. and you're bringing them along with you, they have this ownership and... Yeah, and they take... Then all of a sudden, it's their restaurant. It's not yeah. just my restaurant. It's not just my kitchen. It's their kitchen. And they have my back when I'm not there. And that's the biggest sign to, to its chef is that you're doing your job is that they don't know when I'm not there because yeah. the food's always consistent. And, and that's, see, that's amazing. And one of the things that I talk about, uh, I've talked about in the past on this podcast is I believe food comes from a good place. And if you don't have happy cooks, if you don't have people that are bought into the concept that you're doing, it's never going to be executed the way you should be. But, you know, again, just your legendary status, the way you approach food, the way that you, um, you know, again, bring your cooks along and mentor them and mentor your sous chefs and make them a part of each plate, I think is absolutely outstanding. And it, it really shows that i mean every time i've eaten your food or one of the properties that you're managing it's just always outstanding and uh i really you know that you guys kind of did a soft opening over at vistal and uh you guys are ready to kill it this summer because it's crazy like how fast that happened yeah i mean it's kind of the situation i've been in a lot of openings um there's never a perfect opening Mm -hmm. or enough time but i mean you know you saw we got in the building august 6th yeah and and we opened the public August 28th. I got back into <laughs> San Diego. I got back into San Diego from Hawaii like the end of April. Uh-huh. Started in June. We hired it was it and then that's the second restaurant I've opened in less than years. But so. you guys, you know, it, it, you guys didn't really promote it. And I just saw we you guys just started an Instagram account like maybe like yeah. you know a couple of weeks ago. So now we're you've really kind of honed the experience there and now we're starting to promote it and yeah. uh you guys if so listeners out there uh definitely go out and check out Vistal because it's an absolute incredible dining experience, a dynamite view, and literally one of San Diego's most legendary talented chefs. And ask for me, I'll come out. Say hi. There you go, guys. You heard it here first. Ask for Chef Amy and you'll get a personal table visit. All right. That's going to do it for us today and the Dine Local San Diego podcast. Thank you, Chef Amy, and we'll see you guys next week. The Specialty Produce app is the world's number one handheld resource on produce. The app features photographs, recipes, geography and history, taste and culinary applications on over 1,900 produce items. From apples to zapote, we've got your produce questions answered. Our app is available for both iPhone and Android. Download our app for free today.